We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland, and as always I'm joined by Sean Siegel, co-host of the Rotoviz OT podcast, along with Stealing Bananas, also with Ben Gretsch, and of course, find all Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. going to give a, a plug at the start of today's show for Thursday's show, we are going to be joined by John Daigle of uh, 4 for 4, we're going to talk through him on a number of topics, looking forward to having John join the show, but Sean, we are going to talk through a number of topics today, including some recent Chiefs acquisitions, lots of Chiefs acquisitions over the last couple of weeks, uh, and one of those going from the Packers, the other going from the Buccaneers and uh, MVS and Ronald Jones, we're going to talk then as to how that affects the Packers pass catching scenarios as well so looking forward to it in today's show we are one week closer to the NFL draft and uh, it's um, you know really looking forward feels like we're in that little bit of a gap now where we're we're ready for the the draft to happen you know after we get the combine and things like that but it should be an exciting couple of weeks here it should be but this is also a time to sort of relax celebrate go through all of that great rookie research the volume two of the rookie guide is out we've gotten great feedback on that i have part two of my checking all the boxes article that really gives you the insight into which wide receivers you're going to want to be looking at in this year's draft in that guide and so we're excited about that and we have a lot of rookie content on the site as well travis may has another wave of articles coming i've got some stuff coming blair dave cabin all of us really pushing the rookie content as we head into that time period and speaking of rookies and prospects dynasty that type of thing uh, we've had some requests through the show about some specific dynasty types of information and one of the things that we did last year that was a lot of fun a great idea that curtis had was to look at and to represent our dynasty rankings in terms of trade value right and you have a lot of these trade calculators out there the problem is they don't really give you what you need dynasty wise in terms of trying to build a a dynasty or build this permanent championship window that we talk about on our shows and so it was great to have the rankings do that and then we also had a lot of requests for tiers and that type of thing and so this year we've taken the next step of having the dynasty rankings 
you have the rankings you have within the position, but you also have tiers across position. And those tiers are structured also in terms of dynasty trade value. And so that gives you a sense not only of like which players fit together, but how much you should be looking for in trades if you're talking about picks and that kind of thing. So we're excited about that. I have my dynasty rankings up on the site. Obviously, I've had to make some tweaks over the last couple of weeks and few days with all of the players signing lots of great free agency content on the site and so we appreciate the contributions of all the guys on that but yes column the chiefs they're they're really changing that team around we did the live stealing banana show last week on the tyreek hill trade that was a lot of fun connor has the ramifications of that trade for the miami dolphins his article up there obviously listeners know you want to pay attention when connor talks after he won the ffpc best ball tournament last year so make sure you go check that out but following the hill trade we had obviously this boost of enthusiasm for juju smith schuster i think that that is justified but then the next shoe to drop was the signing of marquez valdez scantling and column this really came down to i think the chiefs and the packers the packers were interested they talked again you know yesterday about how they need to have that player who can take the top off of the defense kind of start us out by giving us your thoughts on what this means for the Packers the Packers obviously being a little more patient as they often are I think that's probably good right the the Chiefs don't want to one of the things we talked about on the show is the Chiefs don't want to turn around and take advantage of all of the, the things that they saved and all the things that they gained through the hill trade and then immediately waste it save that uh, you know that kind of thing and so good and bad with the mvs signing for the chiefs we'll get to that in a second what does it mean for the green bay packers well i was going to flip it back on you i think we'll save the green bay packers to later and we'll focus on what it means for the chiefs but uh in terms of what it means for the the packers at this point when he was out last year they didn't have that speed option they lacked speed in that offense and he is a major part of what they were trying to do they scored more points for them in the offense they looked better more balanced with them in the offense but i think it's interesting what's happened with the packers over the last two weeks or so and of, of course they've traded Devontae adams and now they've uh, lost mbs and free agency and i think obviously that makes their receiving core weaker when they lost basically their two best receivers so it's not an ideal situation for the packers um i think you hinted at it there in terms of how the contract played out three-year 30 million dollar contracts over average and 10 million dollars a year i think in this situation based on i think the christian kirk's contract kind of skewed the market a bit then with Devontae adams is dealing then with tyreek hill's deal and you know everyone's looking to get their piece of the pie um so i i feel like it might be a little bit rich for you know mbs on this contract but i can see what the chiefs are trying to do and replace some of that speed they immediately lost but potentially could still be done through the draft and i think that might be where the packers are approaching it um i think we'll let that play out though i mentioned at the start of the show it's you know kind of four weeks to the nfl draft we've seen what has happened over the last four weeks the landscape can change very quickly we could have a situation where come the nfl draft the packers have already taken in one or two veteran free agents and then that might change what they need to target but i think we're going to see the packers look to add speed through the draft that was one of their weaknesses in this offense last year i, I think they really would like valdez scantling back he was a, a key member of the kind of locker room a key part of that team and there's no doubt it's a disappointment to lose him especially after losing out 
on uh, Devontae Adams as well in that trade. So I think it's going to leave the Packers in a weakened state for now, but I think we can't really see how this plays out probably to training camp when we see how the veterans are added to the roster and how they go through the draft. Obviously now two first-round picks this year and, of course, two second-round picks. And, you know, if they do end up moving those for a younger veteran wide receiver, the picture could change very, very swiftly here. So I'm not ruling out them making those moves, but I think obviously the wide receiver position has to be attacked. With that that in mind, obviously I mentioned they have lost Devontae Adams, they have lost um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So they're kind of left with a couple of guys um, and they're going to need, there's no way around it, they have to add to this roster. I think what it does do at the moment, it opens up a little bit of an opportunity on the running back situation. I think Aaron Jones is probably getting a boost based on the, the lack of targets or the vacated targets that's there. But is there anything standing out for you when we do look at the Packers now, Sean, in terms of opportunity? I think Aaron Jones stands out for me. Um, you know, they did re-sign Robert Tonyan, who's coming back off a knee injury. I think if he is healthy, it's going to make things interesting for him based on where the expectations were heading into last season. But at the minute, it's very hard to have much confidence in the direction of the targets in this offense based on what they have lost and still the opportunity to to add to this roster at the position. Yeah, it does become interesting. And you think of the playoff game for Aaron Jones and his ability to just be so explosive with the targets that he gets. And opening that up, having the running backs very involved in the receiving game next year should help both Jones and A.J. Dillon behind him. It wouldn't be surprising if the Packers lead the NFL in terms of expected points to the running back position. The other thing there is that we then look to the passing game and the wide receivers and the Packers are going to add in the draft and and perhaps a lot. And so one of the things that the Chiefs did here by taking MVS is it puts even more of an emphasis on those picks and increases again the value of these 2022 picks in this class because the Packers are going to draft a receiver that they like, right? And Currently, the research suggests that almost anybody they would take in that range is going to be at least solid with a decent amount of upside. And so that receiver then is going to very much be in the mix to be the 101 overall. And one of the things that the Chiefs have done to try to like get ahead of the Packers a little bit since the Packers get to draft a couple times ahead of them, they won't have the pick of the litter at the wide receiver position in the draft. They wanted to add some firepower and some vertical ability. One of the things that we have talked about on the show a number of times is the value of this freak score element. MVS was one of the guys who flashed in that metric when he came out. You know, you look at some of the the recent players who have sort of overperformed what their production would have suggested. He would be one of them. Obviously, DK Metcalf, really the best freak score prospect, you know, since we had. Kyle Johnson, really, when you're you're looking back a long way to see someone better than him. But then as well, you have Chase Claypool up there. So some guys who are outperforming and the Chiefs have emphasized speed. They lose Tyreek Hill, the fastest player in the game, the most dynamic uh, vertical threat, but also obviously a big threat with the ball in his hands type of player. And yet they're adding speed back in right away. We know they also have speed with McCall Hardman. And so they want that element. They also add speed at the running back position with Ronald Jones. The key, of course, is the MVS isn't Tyreek Hill. He isn't going to bring that variety of route running, 
the overall ability. But one of the things that they have now with Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster and MBS are two are three players who will help them attack different areas of the field. I finally had a chance to get that Juju Smith-Schuster article out last weekend, and it, it, there was some serious revision column after the Tyreek Hill trade, but it was still a lot of fun, and MBS wrapped into there. One of the things that we see with these players, and one of the cool things that you will note when you pull up the player stat explorer on the site, you can then go to route location and target location and kind of see how these different players bring specific elements that the Chiefs need. And so Hardman targeted almost exclusively last season underneath MBS, the deep threat. Juju Smith-Schuster, especially if you look at his peak seasons, is that intermediate threat. And the thing that jumped out to me, and again, there's some cherry-picking element to this. One of the reasons that the Chiefs were able to sign Smith-Schuster, were able to sign MBS, is that they didn't have their best seasons in 2021. If they had been healthy last season, perhaps they get priced out. You mentioned the contract for Christian Kirk. But last season, Hardman, number two in the NFL in terms of yards after the catch per reception. You look at Juju in his peak year, he led the NFL in total yards after the catch. And then you go in and looked at MVS. And in 2020, when he was healthier than he was last year in 2021, he ranked number four in yards after the catch per reception. A lot of those deep targets where he catches it and takes it all the way for the score. He was number two in terms of air yards per target. And so that element of his game complements nicely. All three of these guys with that run after the catch ability, or at least they had that when they were functioning, sort of firing on all cylinders. And so the key for the Chiefs is how much of that do they get in 2022? How healthy will these guys be? The youth for Smith-Schuster always comes up as something that people are looking for in dynasty leagues and emphasizing in dynasty leagues. And yet at the same time, we have to realize that he had the serious knee injury. He came back more or less right away, just missed a month or so. But then the following season, even though not necessarily another injury, consistent swelling on injury report with it not being 100%. And his performance has indicated that in a variety of ways. Now, I go into in the article a wide variety of reasons why you have other explanations for it besides just the knee. Right. And so there are reasons to think that he could bounce back and he could be that guy, still has the youth. And yet, I, you just you can't discount these other things that have happened. A 25, 26 year old, the age doesn't matter if they're no longer the player they were at 22, 23. And the same reason that someone who is 27, 28 or like Travis Kelsey, you know, in the 30s, if they're completely healthy and they've stayed healthy and they haven't had some of those problems and they're still the best player at that position in the game, then the age doesn't matter to you as much with the caveat that obviously you have this potential anytime an injury occurs with a player that's a little bit older, they'll stop getting chances, right? And so that's kind of the big difference age-wise between a player like Juju and an older player like an AJ Green, for example. Now, Green did get more chances than he should have gotten. But in terms of how those targets are going to work out, how the play is going to work out, it's going to be different in terms of the opportunities that you get and the expectations that you have 
based on when you're hurt and what the likelihood to come back is. Now, Blair has a great article up on the site in his wrong read series about the bounce backs and how the older players don't bounce back as often. And part of that is going to be merely opportunity. Their teams aren't willing to take the same chance when they get a little bit older. So a lot of interesting things there. Now, again, you're the huge Packers fan. You watch them all the time very closely. MVS, not quite the same guy in 2021. How much of that is injuries? How much of that is that maybe he outperformed in 2020? The big key would be for him that if you go from Aaron Rodgers to almost anyone else, it's this huge downgrade. But perhaps the situation with Patrick Mahomes is either neutral or a mild upgrade. And so I think from a fantasy perspective, you've got to still be very interested in him at least as long as the price stays in the same range that you really would expect with the Packers. Because it's not going to be a dramatic upgrade from the Packers situation. Yeah, and I think you're right. Obviously, the only place that you can probably go lateral or potentially even uh, a little bit higher is to go from Rodgers to Mahomes. I think when we're looking at this particular situation, I think a lot of it last year was injury, struggle with back injuries, pretty much all season long, missed a lot of game time for the Packers. But as I mentioned earlier, when he was out, the Packers didn't have as explosive of an offense. I think you can see here, like he's going from even when he was there last year, kind of playing with Devontae Adams. Then he's going to a situation now where even if we say Hill was the Adams, Hill is no longer there. So then we're looking at the number one target being Travis Kelsey. And although Juju is also there, I think we're going to see him probably get a little bit more of a target share. And I think he can fit in very well. Like I think he can do all the, the speed stuff that, that Hill does and the deep routes. I think where he doesn't do things as well as when it's underneath or short to you know intermediate routes. I think he is kind of one of those prototypical downfield threats that's a home run hitter. So a lot of the times the Packers did use him was on on those deep threats. And then the other problem was outside of him, they didn't have a huge amount of options to do that. So I think he can fit in to the Chiefs system quite well. And I think although they may have overpaid for him, I think he will be a, a valued part of their offense, especially with the need to replace Tyreek Hill. He is not going to replace Tyreek Hill, but it's a situation where they now have Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS for the price of Tyreek Hill. Can they do enough to replace what Hill did as a combined unit? There is a possibility that that could make the offense more kind of, I, I won't say productive, but I would say um, harder to, to game plan for. When we've seen the games last year where teams tried to take away the deep threat, um, you know, playing deeper safeties and things like that, it meant that we had some games where the, the Chiefs were struggling. I think that having the two options in, in Smith-Schuster and MBS helps maybe to alleviate that a bit. I think that might be somewhere in the planning. Sean, we've talked about the, the Chiefs, I guess. The last question on the Chiefs is, where do you think the value plays out now in this offense so before um signing with the chiefs and when drafts were going on mbs was going in those later rounds do you think that this moves him up in value then we obviously have juju smith schuster do we think that juju is the you know player who's going to earn the most targets here or do we think that mbs may be able to be able to step in there and be the wide receiver one in this offense well we've gotten a lot of sort of misdirect type of reporting on the chiefs in the last week and so the signals pointing a lot of different directions we've heard that hardman will be the vertical receiver in the offense which doesn't make sense based on both his history and his skill set 
he would appear to be the guy who can replace those underneath targets that Hill has been dynamic with in the past several years. And in some ways, I mean, this can't help but boost him because now there's a little bit less overlap for that type of play. You know, you think Hardman is so dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's going to be the guy that gets those. They're going to want to use Hill deep. And yet Hill is just so good. And you don't want to let teams take him away that they used him underneath a lot. And so that portion of it, I think, will go to Hardman. It's, it's hard to see him being the vertical threat, especially when you have MVS there. I think that Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy who could end up being the star, right? So we talk a lot about contingency-based drafting. As long as you continue to get decent prices on Juju, you want to have some exposure there. Because if the knee is okay, he's the guy who could bounce back. I mean, this is someone who over his first couple of years in the NFL, in terms of a player at that age, the 21, 22 sort of time period, only Justin Jefferson was better, right? So we're talking about someone with this crazy background, and that still is the reason why people are so intrigued by what he could potentially do. The issue for him and for MVS in terms of what their values would be is that Travis Kelsey is still going to be a big target hog. He's going to be a big part of what they do and it's going to have some overlap in terms of the areas where they're targeted and specifically in terms of Juju. The other element here is that we continue to get reports that the Chiefs are out there looking for more players. And, and I argued very strongly for this and as a reason that the Chiefs could actually benefit from this trade could end up being better if they can attack in a lot more different ways it will benefit their their offense as a whole but it's, it's interesting to hear them you know go out and sign MVS still talking about adding a number one receiver in a trade and then you have the draft as another potential avenue the idea that they would get through the offseason without adding another player that seems pretty unlikely. And so once you put that player into the mix, it's not something I don't think where these targets are going to balance out evenly. That's one of the mistakes that fantasy drafters tend to make is to think, okay, well, the target split is going to make it so none of these players have value. Someone is going to have, but then the rest of the players are actually going to be pretty tricky price-wise because once it actually works its way out, and again, there's not a, a Jamar Chase in this draft. You're not going to see players do that kind of thing. But you think about some of the other contributions that players have made in the last several years with a Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle. The idea that a rookie receiver couldn't go in here and be the number one, and maybe number one by a decent margin, especially from midseason on and those highest leverage fantasy playoff weeks, then I think all of these guys end up being pretty tricky values in the end. And then just the other thing that you hear in this kind of transitions into our running back discussion but you've also heard that the chiefs are going to finally use these running backs now in the passing game the question of course they had some opportunities in the first half of last season last year and if they were going to do it you know why didn't you do it hey rotoviz fans this is dave cabin from the rotoviz fantasy football podcast taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal rotoviz listener you can get 10 percent off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code rv radio 2022 at checkout it gives you full access to all of our content and tools and again that's rv radio 2022 at checkout for 10 percent off a one-year rotoviz subscription enjoy the podcast we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The other move, Sean, was Ronald Jones signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, and obviously Leonard Fournette has returned to Tampa Bay. So we have Tom Brady back in Tampa Bay. We have Leonard Fournette back there. We are not the biggest Leonard Fournette fans in the world, but we obviously we also had our connection to Rojo. So he is now with the Chiefs, which feels like a good situation, but we'll we'll touch on that in a second. We also have Leonard Fournette back with the Buccaneers. And while we're not the biggest fans, there's no doubt in the volume he received, the opportunities he received, and the output that he put in in terms of PPR leagues was very, very positive for him. Um, so when we're looking at that landing spot, and now we don't have Ronald Jones there, backing him up who we were hoping may uh, surpass him what's your thoughts on Leonard Fournette heading into this point they may add somebody through the draft but this is a almost like a perfect scenario for Leonard Fournette after how things played out uh, over the last two seasons for him yeah it's just spectacular for Fournette so anyone who drafted him earlier made the kind of gutsy trade for him in the offseason in Dynasty when it didn't look like he would be back with Brady those are massively winning moves at this point right i had a chance to collaborate with michael hitchcock on a cool fournette article for the site and one of the things that's interesting there is just all of the different stats that jump out in the stealing signals tool and the advanced stat tool giving you this great sense of exactly what he did last season and and just how valuable his workload was right he's the only back with even 300 snaps to earn a high value touch on at least 15 percent of his snaps he did it on you know over 600 snaps he ran the most routes per game among running backs with at least 50 targets you know he gets up there in this range where his green zone touches and receiving touches he ranks number two in total high value touches behind austin eckler and so you're seeing a guy who is just a, an absolute fantasy juggernaut and that means that his expected point totals are very very high right you eliminate the first three weeks where the bucks were kind of 
feeling out their offense. They still were considering using Ronald Jones, who had been such a big weapon for them in the previous season. You take out the, the last game of the season where he gets hurt, and he averages 19 expected points per game for the season. And that's a that's a big number, right? We talked about how James Conner during his hot streak, which is a much more limited period of time, averaged 20 expected points per game, and how it's not very realistic that he's going to stay up in that area Fournette, even if they reduce his touches to an extent, is going to end up as one of these guys who is among the leaders in terms of EP per game. That translates almost directly into fantasy points within the context of this offense. We, we joke all the time that he's not someone who is going to be a star by himself. Over his first four seasons of the NFL, uh, there were only six other backs. And it's kind of a funny list, right? Carlos Hyde, Frank Gore, Peyton Barber, Kalen Balazs, Doug Martin, LeGarrette Blount. I mean, those guys are that's not a list that you want to be on in terms of fantasy points below expectation. But last year he was at 1.2. When you look at it in terms of value and you look at where Najee Harris has been drafted you know, both last year and then again this year, even though he didn't demonstrate the explosiveness in a lot of ways, I mean, these these are the same guy, right? I think that Harris in the end is going to be a little bit more explosive, but I mean, you're talking about two players who have this complete hybrid skill set. And they can get the job done as a runner. They can get the job done as a receiver. They have that short yardage ability because they have athleticism at such great size. And yet, neither one of them is going to be the run to daylight kind of back that takes over a game by himself. And so when they're in good situations like Fournette is with Brady, you're going to have decent efficiency and you're going to have this potentially electric season when they're in kind of tough situations and, and tough is relative right because a tough situation in which you have a huge number in the receiving ep category i mean that's still fantastic for fantasy backs and so that part of it was still very good for harris but when you're in a situation where the offense itself isn't that explosive then you have the kind of season that he had last year which actually fits into that category with those above mentioned names and so you have these two guys because of some of the things that Fournette has gone through and because of the difference in age and this ability in the most positive scenario for Harris to emerge as an absolute superstar, you're going to have a gap in ADP, but probably that gap is going to be a little bit exploitable when you look at the context of these two offenses. Yeah, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see now where the ADP settles over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the ADP will continue to change over the coming months, but it does feel when we're comparing some of these players based on what we know now, unless they use a relatively high pick in the draft which probably doesn't feel like it based on the contract to give him here three-year 21 million dollar contract that they will go with him here and you know we're looking at a situation where he's kind of ranging in the definitely in the top 12 running backs over the last season so i think he feels like there could be a, he could be more tempting this year than he has been over the last couple of years but the other part of that then sean is with ronald jones he is now with the chiefs we've talked about Clyde Edwards Lair. We have a number of different running backs in that backfield. You mentioned earlier in the show some of the reports coming out. How do you see it as a Chiefs fan? Where's your thoughts on how this breaks down? And could we have the Ronald Jones true breakout, or is it time for us to relinquish our membership cards to the Ronald Jones fan club? You never relinquish your membership card to that. No, I mean, this is exciting, right? I mean, it's exciting depending on how much Clyde Edwards-Alaire you have because the Chiefs now have a back who in a lot of ways is perfect for what they do. The flying the women is always just this receiving ability, and that's one of the things where you watch Tom Brady within that offense in Tampa, and even the screen passes, right? They're not on the same page to where Jones is either not running them quite to the right depth or spacing, and 
and or Brady is is making some borderline intentional bad throws in order to emphasize to the coaching staff that that's not the back he wants out there in the receiving game. The flip side of that is that you know we've talked all offseason about how the Baltimore Ravens would have seemed to be the perfect fit for Jones because he wouldn't have to catch a lot of passes necessarily. You're going to have a lot of big holes with this offense where teams have to account for Lamar Jackson, and he has this ability to take the ball and rip off 40, 50, 60-yard runs. For Jones to be an impact player with some of the weaknesses that he has, he also needs to be in a situation where that kind of thing is both possible and valued. Well, in Kansas City, I think that you have that opportunity, right? Because you have this dynamic offense. He's not going to be relied upon to be the key force in the offense, the portion of it that moves the ball by himself and everybody relies on, and yet his speed is going to be very valuable as the Chiefs face these soft fronts and teams say, you know, run the ball, run the ball. So we don't think that you can gain enough on these plays for that to be a plus play call for you. And one of the things that we saw at the end of the season is that Jarrett McKinnon with a little bit more of the hybrid ability was finally able to unlock some of that chiefs running back passing game. It'll be interesting to see how this works out now, because I think that Ronald Jones is actually going to be the better player in short yardage. He's going to be the guy who can break off the bigger runs. His long speed and explosiveness is better than Edwards Alaire. And so exactly how this breaks down, because the first thing that she's I would expect are, are going to still try and do is demonstrate that they didn't have this huge miss on this pick with Edward Hilaire and that mostly what they've had in the first two seasons is a situation where he's been hurt, right? It hasn't been quite 100% and hasn't been able to develop as the receiver that they hoped that he would be. And you can also make the argument that it wasn't until they executed a few of these plays with McKinnon late that Mahomes himself got a feel for how their running back in the passing game could really unlock everything else. And so he's been a little bit reluctant to use a couple of these guys. McKinnon showed how it can be done and how valuable it can be. So the Chiefs are going to try and get Edward Dallaire back into this sort of early down and pass catching role, be the guy, show how good he is. And then Jones sort of, you know, as the breather back, the question, and this was a little bit the question in Tampa with Jones is, you know, how does he endear himself to his teammates? How does he endear himself to the coaching staff? Can he execute the basic plays well enough to earn the trust to get these handoffs because if he gets them he's going to take it right when you look at his numbers and one of the things i think interesting from a dynasty perspective especially but also from a redraft perspective for edwards alaire and ronald jones is both of these guys came into the league as among the youngest players in their class and so from that perspective we may think of both of them as being older than they are, more experienced than they are. I mean, the experience obviously is, is straightforward, but in terms of the age experience combination and the opportunities that they've been given to this point, there's still a lot of breakout here. And you look at Ronald Jones, someone who in 2019 and 2020, those are both 1,000 yards from scrimmage seasons, just barely, right? But there were 1,000 yards from scrimmage seasons and the Chiefs are are dying for a back that brings that level of talent. And so I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited, excited here. And similar to the situation with the receivers, I think that you want to take a contingency-based drafting approach where you get some exposure when you're in drafts and the prices are decent because the winner of this, and there are a lot of different ways to be the winner. You could be the winner if you're Ronald Jones because you just demonstrate so clearly that you actually are a star and the Bucks didn't give you the right chance. You know, Ben mentioned on the show last week how there's this difference in coaching styles. 
and Bruce Arians maybe a little bit more of the tough love. Andy Reid a little bit more of the you can do it, you know, give the guys a lot of chances type of guy. And you know, Jones may be the player who needs encouragement, right? And one of the things, just with from a football perspective too, is it's hard to use tough love on people who are on the bench because they can't get back out there and really demonstrate that it worked. And so, you know, from that perspective as well, when the Chiefs get him out there in space. Where does he run to? You look at the advanced stat explorer. And again, one of the cool things that you go in and look at here is that he was among the league leaders in yards after contact per attempt in 2020, which was the year where he was the legitimate starter in Tampa and lost a job when he gets injured there at the end of the season. And then really everything goes sideways, right? Because Leonard Fournette emerges as a more well-rounded back in that offense. But you know, averaging over five yards per attempt, over three yards after contact, and it's not necessarily because of broken tackles. And you have to realize that the yards after contact are going to come in different ways from different backs. We have these guys who break a lot of tackles, but then basically stand there and another guy comes and tackles them. They don't gain yards. Or we have these guys where they get some contact, but when they get through it and they get into space, you know, they're gone. And so that's what Jones brings. And I think that's what the Chiefs need. So this is a good fit here. It's exciting for them from a reality perspective. It's going to be tricky for fantasy managers. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. You mentioned there Ronald Jones and his age, and he is in the league a long time, but as you mentioned, he came in very young. He will only be 25 when the season kicks off, turns 25 in August of this year. So feels like he's closer to 35. And, you know, when we talk about some of these guys who were center older and they're obviously much younger than we are, um, put some perspective in it as well. But, Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot. We are recording this Tuesday, the 29th of March drafters should be picking which chiefs running back well you got to pick the less expensive and the, the more explosive back there right so we're gonna go with ronald jones you can't i mean you just all everything is about ronald jones yeah we're we're lifetime members of the ronald jones fan club so we'll, we'll go with ronald jones but gonna be interesting to monitor that over the coming months we are going to wrap it up there. I did mention earlier in the show that John Daigle will be joining us on Thursday's podcast. Looking forward to talking with John. Always fun when he is on. As always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass using the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. We're going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We will be looking for some topics uh, over the coming weeks you know if you have any dynasty topics we're getting some fun suggestions sent out at the moment send them my way on twitter at overtime ireland you can email them in at rotavizradio at gmail.com we'll use some of the best of those on some upcoming shows you can always check out sean's work up on rotaviz.com and until we're back with another show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual. 
because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.